It's the difference, the intersection of politics and economics. With me, Dan O'Donnell, host for News Talk 1130 WISN, as well as WIBAAM in Madison, and Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Dave, you have been touting one of the most insane stats that I think I have heard either politically or economically in recent memory. The fact, Dan, that the federal government's revenue is down 11% so far this year and expenditures are up 8%. Why does that matter? Because that is the deficit. And you know, when you have annual deficits, that gets lobbed on to the debt that we have in this country. And we are just short of $33 trillion. 33 with a T, folks. That is an enormous number. Why is that important? Because you have to pay interest on the debt. And guess what happened this past week? The 10-year has hit its highest level since 2007. That means before the great financial crisis, that amount of interest that's being paid, Dan, is going to hurt the expenditures, and that continues to happen. Moreover, it's entirely unsustainable. No, you can't. You can't sustain it. And you look at why that's happening, where there's two sides. Let's start with the expense side for sure. 12% increase in Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And we said when we had those COLA increases of 8 and 9%, that is going to add up. But that wasn't just Social Security. It's also Medicare and Medicaid. Those expenses went up. Of course, the public debt has gone up, as we just talked about, and the interest on that debt, that's number two. Number three, the Department of Education spending went up. That's higher expenditures. And then unfortunately, last year we had the FDIC had to step in and stop some bank failures. That caused expenditures to go up. And on the other side, we had revenues going down. Why? Because tax receipts went down. Yeah. And this, to me, as a conservative political analyst, sort of disproves this left-wing idea that higher taxes equals more government revenue. Yeah, I mean, I mean we've crazy. always uh, it, yeah, there, I mean, there's no evidence of that and there hasn't been evidence of that. No, and in fact every time taxes have been lowered since we've had a federal income tax, revenues have gone up. Right. I mean, government revenues have just skyrocketed because you put more money in the hands of the private sector and the economy expands. We do not have a government-centric economy as much as the neo-socialist movement in this country wants us to. We have an economy that is based on innovation, that is based on technological wizardry, quite frankly. I mean, all of the major technological revolutions of the past century and a half have been headquartered in the United States. And there's a reason for that. And every time there is, and I believe, and I think you agree, Dave, that we're in one now with the uh, rise of artificial intelligence. Every time that happens, the economy expands because entirely new economic sectors are developed. And stock values go up, and therefore people go and start to trade those. So capital gains go up, dividend income goes up. And this can go back to your argument, go back to 98 and 99. And let's try to be politically agnostic. Why did Clinton have a balanced budget? Because the stock market was going up, capital gains because of what was happening. A lot of people... People had to, had to take those as capital gains and dividends. The revenues were up. And then, you know, the last time we've had a balanced budget, you know, 25 years ago, 
that is what happened. And you go to until today, we just had this AI boom that we just went through since October of last year. Revenues had gone up, and that's the reason why last year, and, and of course we had the post-COVID rally, that meant that capital gains went up, and therefore there's revenues there. If you start jacking up the capital gains rates, people will trade less. There'll be less innovation. Revenues will go down. So it is it is absolutely a misnomer when the rates go up that revenue goes up. Given that we have about 150 years of data on this now, even before there was a federal income tax, every single time that government allowed the American people to essentially keep more of their own money, we have had huge, huge economic boom times. I mean, you can go back to the Industrial Revolution, for goodness sakes. I mean, it's well, the it's, fair it's, share. It's the whole fair share argument. Yeah, it's you know, this it concept. Keeps, what's yeah. fair? Tell me what's fair. Well, right. And it it's remarkable just how many people think that they should be the arbiters of what is and is not fair. The, mm-hmm. the reality is it's it's never been trickle-down economics. The, the second that we got in our heads that trickle-down economics, that somehow that wealth would trickle down, it is actually bottom-up economics. Mm-hmm. It always has been. But I think for political gain— You have people, you have a Democratic Party that so wants to dramatically expand government. We're seeing that government expenditures up 8%. I would argue that since 2020, when we were doling out COVID relief, like nobody's business, we've seen government expenditures just skyrocket. Now, at the same time, we've seen, obviously— Taxes increase under Biden. We have seen taxes increase in uh, states and municipalities all across the country. Why are we seeing revenue go down? What you're starting to see, Dan, is, of course, that revenues goes down because innovation is lacking or because the, you're not you're starting to see stock values not happen or you start people start saying, I'm not going to take those capital gains. You nailed it. Yeah. And, and I mean, it just it, it seems like economics 101, doesn't it? I mean, the, it, but for political expediency, I think. And I've always believed that the reason that we don't talk about capital gains tax rates or corporate taxes in a way that has any modicum of intelligence behind it is because, let's face it, there are a whole lot more people in the middle and lower classes than are in what would be considered the investor classes, right? Even though people who are in the middle and lower classes likely are to have 401ks or some form of retirement mechanism if they're working full time. I understand their political spin. I really do. 50% of Americans don't have a pot to pee in, right? So I, I get that. They haven't saved any money. So I understand the argument that if you can get folks to vote for you because of that, I understand the spin. I really do. But interest rates going up and I've said this for now for two years, are going to have a lasting and dramatic effect. Let's just take an example. You know, the interest rate going up has caused a bank failure, right? Or, or two or three. Mm-hmm. Now, three. You're, now you're starting to see credit rating agencies downgrading the small to mid-sized banks because the spreads that they were making are starting to get pressured. Will we start to see M&A in some of these small and mid-sized banks? We have to pay attention to this. This story of the banking crisis has not passed us. And as I pointed out early on, part of the expenditures was the FDIC backstopping some of these financial institutions. That 
can't go on forever. So we need to look at this higher interest rates for longer has effects on so many things that we have to look at. And let's just take another example. The UAW is talking about going on strike. They're demanding a 20% wage increase and 5% during each contract for the next four years. Why? Because of inflation. That's why mm-hmm. they're making this argument. You can go right down the list of higher inflation. It has a cascading effect across the entire economy. And we're seeing that right now. And all of the discussion about inflation in 2021, and especially last year, summer of 2022, when it hit 9.1%, was rightly focused on the impact to the American consumer. I mean, $700 more a month right now that they're paying for basic necessities. But not enough was focused, except, of course, on this podcast, on years down the line that the only thing that gets inflation out of the system is raising interest rates to the point where the economy almost necessarily goes into a recession. Now we've got the wizards of smart in the Federal Reserve and in the mm-hmm. White House and, and you know the Department of Labor saying, oh, no, 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 we've got a soft landing. Just look at how soft this landing is getting. It does seem more and more, however, given some of the flashing warning signs that we've seen over the past two years, that they're sort of just delaying the inevitable well, that's that it. the that's that the recession is going to come in 2024. Yeah, and I did not say it's been canceled. The recession is not canceled. It is delayed. That's all, you know, when is it going to happen? Of course we're going to go through some type of contraction. That always is the case. But as of the last print, we just had a really good GDP print. If you don't have back-to-back quarters of negative GDP, unless, of course, they change the definition, then you don't have a recession, right? So that is exactly right. So we had positive growth, and that could be one of the reasons why you're starting to see the Treasury rates go up. Let me switch gears. You are going to be involved this week in, of course, a very big event, and that, of course, is the housing of this event here in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's uh, Clay Travis is coming to Milwaukee. We're taping this podcast on Monday, August 21st. He's going to be at the Paps Theater along with me moderating uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, August 22nd. Tickets are still available at clayandbuck.com. Clay, of course, one half of the nationally syndicated Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton show, which took over for the late, great Rush Limbaugh. They are a very, very entertaining show, very informative as well. And Clay is going to be with me moderating outlining how to defeat Democrats and take this country back. He's got a brand new book he's touring in support of, American Playbook, which does just that. And we're also going to offer a preview of the big Republican debate, which will be the following night on Wednesday. And Dave, just real quick, your thoughts on that. President Trump said he's not only not going to do the Milwaukee debate, but none of the debates. I look at that and I can see why he's doing that. The numbers coming out of Iowa, I mean, it's phenomenal. I don't recall a front runner having such a big lead. And it's really kind of shocking because we've talked about it. You know, if he wins the Republican nomination, can he win the big election? And of course, you know, all of his legal troubles aside, will he get the voters in the suburbs, the demographics to support him? That's the big question. And that's what we're going to have to see. Yeah, and that's, I think, going to be a far bigger stretch because 
Dave, to, to quibble just a little bit with what you said, we've never seen a candidate with these sorts of leads. We actually see candidates with these sorts of leads all the time. Oh, my They're bad. incumbents, all right? right? Yeah. They're incumbents. Oh, because he's so, running as an incumbent. Let's, let's, right. Get, he's essentially running as, as an incumbent. And yeah. that, I think, is, you know, everybody's focused on, well, DeSantis just isn't connecting with voters. No, it's a huge swath of voters that are saying, well, yeah, DeSantis is nice and all, but I really believe Trump really won the 2020 election, and there's no way I'm going to abandon him because he's our guy. He's still got, and even those who acknowledge that Trump did indeed lose the 2020 election, regardless of what you think, there was not outcome determinative fraud. That was proven. Did you did you he, see did you see like seventy percent of people think what Trump says is more reliable than what their own pastors? Did you read that this past week? No, oh, I didn't. I'll send it to you. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying this because it's Trump. I'm saying this because it's any politician, right. literally any politician. Don't trust. You know, it's always trust but verify. I've sort of flipped that famous Reagan saying on its head with respect to the mainstream media. Don't trust. And then verify your suspicions because they almost invariably are correct. Right. Uh, same thing with politicians. I mean, they're just they're they're in the business of telling you what you want to hear. Just always remember that, okay? That they they are they are playing to your ego in an effort to get elected. Whether it's Trump, whether it's DeSantis, whoever it is. So that's that's sort of the the bone I have to pick with that. But there are so many people who believe that Trump deserves a second term because, well, he was cheated out of his second term in 2020, that it would be damn near impossible for anybody. It really could be your pastor, right? It could be Jesus running for goodness sakes. And people say, you know, Jesus, hey, hey, wait, you're coming back with the rapture anyway. It's Trump's turn now, right? So, oh, you, you know, <laughs> hey, don't take President Jesus's name in vain, Dave. Yes, I didn't uh, say it. This is all you, DOD. I'm just listening. I'm just a spectator in this yeah, one. Yeah, so in case in case we get boycotted by any number of Christian Dan groups, it's DanO'Donnell.com. Yeah, Dave Spano had nothing to do with this. I'll tell you what, though. We do have a lot of fun on this podcast. I always do enjoy talking with you. Uh, Dave, are we going to see you at the debate, by the way? Are you I planning to so. go? I am, yes. You are going? Yep. I will be there. I'll probably be in the media, so I'm sure there will be a whole lot of booze for me. Uh, in the meantime... I won't. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to lead that chant. Yeah, please don't. I, I, <laughs> Dan O'Donnell sucks. Dan O'Donnell. Yeah, we're we're booing. Oh, we're not booing MSNBC. We're booing just the local radio guy. Uh, in the interim, we do always want you to go to AnnexWealth.com. In these uncertain financial times, you want to have the certainty of someone who's working with and for you as a fee-only fiduciary. Get them to help you understand what you own, why you own it, with a free wealth metric, a review of your portfolio available. Available only at AnnexWealth.com. For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thanks so much for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice or recommendation or solicitation for the sale 
of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast. 